So here in the city, I was working with students of color and all kinds of backgrounds who were often experiencing being outdoors for like the first time. And often I would hear these students, whether it was climbing or backpacking, say this isn't for us, like we, black people don't climb, black people blah, 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 blah. From outside, this is The Daily Rally. Short stories of resilience in the face of big challenges and unexpected adventures. Today, a wilderness instructor takes a journey to claim space for his students in the outdoors. After this. My name is Johnny Moses Soto Altrogi. I live in the heart of Brooklyn. And if you know anything about Brooklyn, it's very loud, so you might hear some noise in the background. I have worked for Hourbound for almost a decade now. I think I'm on year nine, leading all kinds of outdoor programming for, for young people, all with the intention of building resilience, teaching students about responsibility and communication and leadership. There was a particular time during a five-night backpacking trip we had a group of students from the city, and there was this weird period of YouTube that there were like clowns in the woods pranks that were happening. And I remember students being like, yo, there's not clowns out here in these woods, right? And then another student was like, that's why we black people don't come to the woods. Like, we gonna get killed out here. They were doing it humorously, but there was some actual fear embedded in that, you know? The history of the fear that black and brown folks feel and express about being in the woods or wilderness is as long as the history of this country is. First of all, like black and brown folks, you know, literally toiled the lands, created the foundation for our industries. But then there's also this connotation being slaves and being killed in the woods, of being trapped in the woods, of being lynched on trees, of rural people or the folks who have the shotguns and they don't want you here, don't go near them. At the end of the trip, one of the students who I really connected with a lot he told me that his career, he wanted to be a wilderness first responder. Like he wanted to go out and like train to, to help save people in the wilderness. And this is a kid from like Harlem, right? And like that, that kind of keyed me in. How can we make that happen more often, right? How can we eliminate some of that fear? That fear is real. I felt that fear. But how do we claim the space? Because like they, they deserve it too, you know? I was like, I, I want to do a big trip. I don't know what that means or what that looks like yet, but I want to do a trip. At some point, I identified the Continental Divide. I wanted to bike the Continental Divide so that young students of mine or like mine could see people like me doing this big outdoor trip and be like, oh, you know what? That's kind of cool. And maybe these things are for me. Maybe Black people do do these things. Plus, I just wanted to kind of kick my own ass for a while. So... The Great Divide mountain bike route originally stemmed from Banff to Antelope Wells, New Mexico, which is right on the border of Mexico and the United States. And it runs 2,700 miles approximately, something like 200,000 feet of elevation gain overall. I started the ride on June 22nd, 2019. I think I was shooting for six weeks. And I remember those first few pedals like my body and inside was screaming like, ah, it's, it's, we're doing it. It's, it's going down. It's legit. 
the vastness of Banff. Like Banff feels like it's fake. It's so beautiful. It's so massive. And so to be in this massive, incredible place, starting this massive, incredible ride, like at one point on my bike, it was just like a little too much. I kind of just started to cry, not out of fear or nervousness, just at the, the gravity and grandeur of it all. Um, just really sunk in. And then the reality of a big bike tour also sunk in, of the pain and the hunger and all those things. As a black mountain biker and bike packer, I had some incredible experiences with other people. And there was experiences that made me feel like unsafe. There was a campground in Montana that was a state campground. Although there was no one in the campground, there was like a family who kind of managed it. And I rolled up and it's like, hey, like I'm gonna camp here if that's cool, it's state ground. And they, they sent me on my way um, pretty, pretty quickly. Most black and brown people know that kind of situation and you know when you're not wanted in a spot, I'm not gonna push that agenda. Or there was an experience in Idaho, just super long, flat trail through the woods, kind of like a dirt bike trail. So I could see in the distance a handful of four-wheelers with shotguns. And the anticipation of that interaction lasted a long time because they were, they were pretty far away. So eventually I reach them. Like I just rolled past them and kind of gave them a little wave. And they didn't say a damn word. And like just kept biking. I turned on my camera, pointed it behind me so I could see if they decided to come after me. But they didn't follow, thankfully. But the fear that I experienced was real. I have the potential to go do this amazing trip in the outdoors. I don't want the power of fear of the folks who might be there and who might wish me harm or who might not love my presence there. I don't want to give them the power of that fear, right? This is my space. This is your space. This is our space. Because really, people show up for you in so many different ways. Like this this guy coming up past me, the... Um, the opposite direction, saw me, turned around, came back and gave me his gloves. And I had gloves, but these were like wool, workman, outdoor gloves. He's like, hey man, I saw your cold, take these gloves off of his own hands. And like that, A, helped my hands warm enough to finish the thing I needed to finish, but then also like warmed my soul. You know, it was like, oh, what an incredible moment of human connection. And that was, that was a, a, a huge moment for me. As I was doing the trip, I was posting about it intentionally to get folks to see it. So throughout the course, as the miles grew, the amount of people following my experience and trip grew as well. In my, my little documentary that I made about the trip, uh, which is on YouTube, there were students who I would show the video to or pictures, tell stories, who had that kind of classic young person like, oh man, that's, that's cool. Sparking that kind of excitement or imagination for a young person, to me, that, that was the win. It's like, hell yeah, like, the, that's, that's why I did this. Johnny Moses Soto Altrichi is a social and emotional coach for New York City Outward Bound Schools and a racial equity consultant for True North Ed. He's also the captain of Team Onyx, the first all-Black adventure race team. He lives in Brooklyn with his wife, their son, and their pets. 
This story was produced by Sarah Fuss-Kessler. We want to hear your stories. Please nominate the people in your life who found a way to rally. Go to outsideonline.com slash daily rally, where you can also see photos of many of our guests. The Daily Rally was created for Outside by me, Kat Jaffe, and House of Pod. The executive producer for Outside is Michael Roberts. Additional production and script editing by Marin Larson. Our audio editors are Kevin Seaman and Benny Beausoleil. And our music is composed by Louis Weeks. We appreciate our Outside Plus members who make this show possible. If you're not already a member, you can join us at outsideonline.com slash pod plus. Thank you for listening.